Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is the Daily Migs Show from the C-Town Services Studios. The mighty 99.9 KISW and KISW HD1 Seattle. Always live on the free Odyssey app. You are listening to The Rock of Seattle. My name is Taryn Daly. Steve Miggs to my left. The Kraken, they fell to the Rangers last night. They did. Tough game, but that's okay. They're back at it tomorrow against the Edmonton Oilers, so hopefully the little slide of two games is going to stop them. Yes, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. We can recover. You should check out the way we are celebrating hockey season in the Rock Shop at KISW.com. There is a KISW hockey hoodie. It has the uh, Rock Horns held high and a tentacle arm kind of wrapped around it perfect for the kraken fan in your life maybe that's you so hit up kisw.com now on the daily mix show damn some birds aren't meant to be caged yet here we are butt naked eating soggy bologna sandwiches figure it's time to get busy living and get busy winning let's play Cellmates is the game where lawbreakers become game changers on the Daily Mig Show. And this week we are playing for Blink-182 tickets. That show will be happening at the Gorge Amphitheater on Sunday, July 14th. Let's meet our cellmates. We have Justin in Ferndale. Justin, do you have any snow up there this morning? Oh, we have tons. Wow. Really? And what's, what, what was your run-in with the law, good sir? So my running with the law was I was like in my first year of college and um, so basically young had a, had a kind of a fun car. I had a Volkswagen Golf with a big old sub in the back. Well, anyway, I went to um, Dick's to grab some burgers and fries for some friends to go to their house. This was kind of late at night, but I knew Seattle's noise ordinance was like 11 o'clock at night. So I just kept driving. Well, my buddy lived in Shoreline, which their noise ordinance, I think, was like 9 or 10. So when I was driving through, as soon as I crossed 145th, lights came, came, came in my mind. They pulled me right on over. And I believe I was playing Dayton Family Cocaine, which is basically the theme for Cheers, but replace Knows Your Name with Everyone Wants Cocaine. But anyway. <laughs> what? I need to YouTube this song immediately. Sounds like oh, a yeah. real banger. So, yeah, it's uh, Dayton Family um, uh, Cocaine. It's, yeah, it's, anyway. But, yeah, they, they uh, pulled me over for that. <laughs> and um, while he was talking to me, he was like, hey, I smell weed in your car. I'm like, oh, uh, 
that's my sister's pipe. I don't know. It's actually my pipe. This person came on mine playing my sister. Um, he was like, oh, okay, well, if you don't hand it over or smash it, I'm going to invite you up for uh, felony drug possession. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I will smash this pipe right in front of you. Well, oh, yeah. My sister's going to be so upset. Yes. Well, she 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 would be over, over that $150 non-breakable pipe. <laughs> Wait, so it didn't break so, when you were trying to break it? No, I threw it on the ground probably like six times, and eventually he was like, "Okay, just chuck it in again, like in the woods." And I was like, "Okay, that works too. Thanks, man." He condoned littering. <laughs> yep. This is shocking. He, he, oh, I oh I know, I know. And then he was like, "I got a drug dog in the back of the car. Do you, do you mind if he comes on over?" And I was like, "Oh no, have him feel free." He was like, "Well, what's that box in the back?" I'm like, "Oh, that's my hookah." And he was like. Okay, you smell that? I'm like, yep, nope, that just uses shisha. He's totally fine. And then after that, we actually talked about cop cars for about half an hour. And then I grabbed my cold dicks and uh, went to my buddy's burgers. house. Yeah, cold burgers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you Everything can heat about this story is just absurd. You can heat up your cold dicks burgers in a waffle iron. Pro tip. Oh, Never thought about that. It's really good. I Try it. I'm, I'm telling you. All right, our that other cellmate, wonderful. Steven in Lake Stevens. What was your running with the law? Stefan. Stefan, excuse you, me. Stefan. Stefan. <laughs> uh, my run-in with the law was uh, when I was a lot younger, and I, at one point in time, had around 17 traffic violations. And uh, I had gone to court, got it all cleaned up. I had warrants out. I had those expunged and was good to go. was literally the day after I had left the courthouse, had the paperwork in my passenger seat. It was July 4th. Went grocery shopping, bought steaks, eggs, milk, all that. Get pulled over the morning of July 4th, and the cop says that I still have a warrant out for my arrest. And I said, no, sir, I don't. Here's all my paperwork. And he goes, well, why don't you come with me? Let's go, and we'll figure this out together. So he puts me in the cop car, drives me straight to jail. Totally uh, was blowing smoke up my rear end and uh, booked me, walked me in, and no joke, said the most cliche thing I've ever heard. Walks me in, knew that it was my first time there, and says, ladies and gentlemen, we've got fresh meat here, fresh meat walking right here. And uh, walked me into Everett County and spent the day in there, luckily. Got a hold of one of my buddies, and he was able to bail me out, but they were trying to keep me in there all weekend, but... Lost all my groceries. I was about to say, <laughs> Stefan, what happened to your steak and eggs? <laughs> yeah, lost it all. It was uh, quite the... The officer had a good meal, I bet. Probably. Yeah, no kidding. Hey, I have a quick Luckily, question. 17 traffic violations. What kind of traffic violations are we talking about? Uh, speeding, driving with no insurance, uh, driving through a construction site, speeding. Uh, You're good at this. You're on a tear. <laughs> uh I had a lot of substance abuse when my younger age, so I'll just blame it on that. <laughs> and you've turned things around these days? Feeling good? Absolutely, absolutely. Right on, man. Contributing member of society. Well, Steve, based on our two cellmates and their violations, who do you think should go first in I the game? I just keep picturing the guy trying to break that uh, that smoking <laughs> pipe, and, and it would not break, and that just cracks me up the entire time. So let's go with Justin and Ferndale. He'll get to go first in cellmates. All right, Justin and Ferndale. Big face, Justin. Your question. In volleyball, how many players does each team have on the court? Is that four? Wrong. It is six. All right, Stefan in Lake Stevens, if you get this right, you are going to Blink-182. If you get it wrong, we will continue to ask questions. 
Stefan, where was Joan of Arc from? Uh, Mississippi. <laughs> okay. I feel like you should win. You guys are on a roll. Answer. Justin and Verndale, how long was four score and seven years ago? Oh, my Four score, seven years. Uh, seven years, six months. Wrong. 87 years. I mean, a close. score is 20 oh years. Right. Add seven to that. So four times 20 plus seven. There you go. Math for the morning. <laughs> now we go to Stefan and Lake Stevens. What is the top number on a fraction called? I don't know this. Top number on a fraction. Oh, it's not the denominator primary? Oh. oh. You're going down the right road, though. All right, numerator. Now numerator. Yeah, the numerator. Thank you, Steve. Numerator. Now we're back to back to Justin. Yes. Justin, what state is called the Grand Canyon State? Uh, Nevada. <laughs> Stephen and Lake Stevens. You can win it right here. What is the last name of Bruce Willis's character in Die Hard? McClane. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> Jackson's like, I could have got that one, right? <laughs> Congratulations. You are going to see Blink 182. Now, Stefan, the, right. the concert's at the gorge, so you're going to have to drive, so just take your time. <laughs> Allocate enough time to get there, please. Yes, oh, sir. and in case I didn't say it, the Grand Canyon State is Arizona because yeah. the majority of the Grand Canyon is in Arizona. Yep. So there you go. What do you think about the greatest front woman of all time. Do you have one in your head that you would pick, Steve? Because I, I have one in my head that Absolutely. I would pick. We're going to talk about this after Kings of Leon. The Daily Mix Show. I've been roaming around, always looking down at all I see. The Daily Mix Show. 99.9 KISW, The Rock of Seattle. Ultimate Cla Classic Rock has put a little list out of the greatest front women of all time in rock history. And just a spoiler for you guys, it's not, I'm not on the list. I didn't make it for my performance with Wyatt Only in the wreckage that one time. Or what about your saxophone performance with the new originals? I guess you really weren't leading the group. You no. Were, you were there just to add some substance. Yeah, just a little, just a little sizzle. Uh, but the, the greatest front women in rock history, we have number one. Stevie Nicks from Fleetwood Mac. So they put her as number one. I, I put her at number one for the greatest story about how she consumed uh, the booger sugar. <laughs> Have you ever heard that story? They, I, I mean, I've heard lots of stories about them as a band. Yes. Being completely off the, the rails. Oh, dude. And, and I remember the one story, it always comes up, and I don't think it's ever been... I don't think anyone said that it was a rumor. I think it actually was true. That was, she had somebody, a part of her team, that would uh, help her with that, but it wouldn't go up the nose. It would go up another <gasps> certain body part. I did not know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll have to find... I mean, we obviously can't go into detail on that. It's a little, it's a little excessive, but... I'd never heard of that before until I heard about her. And I was like, I at the time, I didn't even know anything about Fleetwood Mac. I heard the story and I instantly became a fan. Oof. I was just like, I don't know who this woman is, but she is like the most metal person. And then I heard the band. I'm like, wow, 
that wasn't what I was expecting based on that story. That's insane. I never was a huge Fleetwood Mac fan. I think as I've gotten older, I've appreciated their music a little bit more. But actually, sure. the one, the it was it Christina McVie, Christine McVie. It's her songs that I like more. Yeah. And I remember I never even knew anything about her until, unfortunately, she passed away. And I'm like, I should listen to some uh, Fleetwood Mac. And then the songs that I was jiving with, and I was like, oh, I like that one. I like that one. I'm like, oh, these are all the ones that Christine McVie either sang mm-hmm. on or, or wrote, the, wrote the lyrics for. Well, number two on the list, The Pride of the Pacific Northwest. Yes. Did you see them at um, the, the the Winter Classic with the with the cracking yes. game? Yes, she looked so beautiful too, Ann Wilson with her red gloves. Yep, she was a stunner. I, it was funny though. There was like some backlash on social media about like how their performance was, and, and at least a lot of people were coming to their defense, saying they're not lip syncing and they're performing in the cold. Like yeah. You, and they also performed the night before for New Year's Eve, I think, over at Climate Pledge Arena. So they it's were like, busy. Yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting a a perfect performance at that point. I thought they sounded great. As far as female vocalists are, you know, concerned, I think that I would put her at number one. One of my all-time favorite experiences was watching them when the Allison Chains got back together before they found a new lead singer. They performed what is now the Showbox Soto. I think it was called like the Premiere or mm-hmm. the Phoenix. I don't remember what it was called, but at the time, they got together a, like a cavalcade of all these different singers from Maynard James Keenan, Wes Scantlin of all people, Pat Lackman, and all these different artists. But the one... That I think actually like tore the house down. Obviously, was of course Maynard, but then uh, Ann Wilson when they did the Wilson sisters went up there and they performed Rooster, and it was just like we're we're in a good place right now. This is this felt good. Like every Allison Chains fan was just loving that moment, and they even played before Alice went up there and performed as they basically did like the Love Mongers with like their uh, oh their, yeah their uh, Led Zeppelin songs. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, number three, Steve. I think you might remember this uh, lady. You maybe had a crush on her back in the day. Yes. Learned that last week on the men's room. She was one of my first girlfriends, quote unquote. Tina. Legs for days. But Tina, the, the Tina I knew was, I didn't even know she existed with uh, Ike Turner when I was a kid. I just oh, sure. knew her from, you know, whatever the, I can't remember the songs back at like with the private dancer. Yes. I think in those other ones where it was like her resurgence as a solo artist. Oh, for sure. Yeah. What was the song off of a, uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Oh, she was such a badass. Oh, movie. yeah. Uh, number four. I share a birthday with this one. And our birthdays are on Friday, in case anyone was wondering. Day after tomorrow, if Janis Joplin were still rocking out with us on planet Earth, she would be turning 81 on Friday. Were you a big Janis Joplin fan? I had a poster of Janis Joplin on my wall in high school and college. Because honestly, like I remember hearing that song and thinking, "Oh man, this is cool." And then I listened to the rest of the stuff, and I was just like, "I'm not really feeling the rest <laughs> of the stuff." Like, I'd, it was like one of those artists where I hear that song, I'm like, "That is insane!" Like her, and uh, nothing's bad. No. I just was never really a big fan of what she was doing. Okay, what about artist number five? Oh, I like the Manson cover better. <laughs> yeah. Annie Lennox from the Eurythmics. I saw, I'm not a big fan of the Eurythmics at all, but I always thought Annie Lennox has got a cool voice. For and sure. I thought she was a, she had a great presence on stage. When, uh, what's now called Mopop, when it was the EMP and mm-hmm. it opened up, they were one of the artists that performed for the big, uh, Unveiling? like Metallica performed, I think Matchbox 20. Wow. And, uh, the Eurythmics were one of the bands, or at least Annie Lennox was, and, and she was great. 
And it was one of those artists where you go and see it and you're like, I'm not really going to stick around and watch this. And then I realized, I'm like, I'm like five songs deep on her performance and this is really good. She made you a fan. Who would you put as your number one? Well, you know, it's funny because when you say front woman, I think about a perform like a true performer, you know? Mm-hmm. So when I think of a, a great female front woman performer that is nothing but energy shot out of a cannon from start to finish of a show... I go with Gwen Stefani, and no doubt is uh, has announced that they're reuniting for at least one show, Coachella. Yeah. So I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah, I know she she puts on a great performance. Yeah, I, yeah, that's a, that's a good pick. What would you say? Mine is a little bit of a deep cut, but I've, I've talked about them before. They actually played one of like those Migs Fest shows that we used to do, where we put you know like uh, and and they're from New York. It's called the Last International, yes. and I always talk about them. And, and the, the front woman's name is Delilah. And she is just a rock goddess up there, like full on, like the the outfits that she wears, like it's almost like she's borrowing from David Bowie's closet and her performance is always just powerful and she will suck that crowd in. It doesn't matter if there's 50 people or I've seen them open up for Kiss, not not me. I haven't been there to see it, but I've seen it on, on like, you know, video on YouTube, Guns N' Roses, Pearl Jam, like all these bands, once they discover this group. They, and they, she owns it. They, they're like, come on tour with us. Uh, Rage Against the Machine. I know Tom Morello. He's he's performed with them before, and he's a huge champion of that band. And it's, I mean, Edgy's a great guitarist. Don't get me wrong. Like he's phenomenal, but there's just something really special about her singing abilities. That is very impressive. Well, earlier earlier this morning, we talked about a guy that played guitar while having brain surgery, and that kind of made us go, what? So we got a text from a rockaholic named Corey who had an insane experience along the same lines. We're going to talk to Corey at 817. The Daily Migs Show. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is the Daily Mig Show and Rockaholics. We want to know if you have ever needed surgery for an epic reason. 206-803-ROCK. We are asking because Corey texted us earlier and we we loved his story so much over text that we knew we needed to get him on the phone. Corey, I, I understand you're driving on 405. Be safe out there, brother. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. I will. So, 
So, Corey, earlier we were talking about this guy who had brain surgery and he was playing the guitar. He was fully alert and they're doing brain surgery while he's playing the guitar. And then we end up talking about like somebody once was doing a violin or a Rubik's Cube. And we just started talking about all these crazy things that happen while people are getting brain surgery done to themselves. And you texted in. We were just about to go to a break, so we didn't have time to talk to you. But you were like, yeah, I had brain surgery. And you started listing off all the crazy things that you were having to do while you were alert. Yeah, uh, it's it's an interesting reason and the reason they're doing it obviously and probably similar to the gentleman you were talking about is to figure out you know where they can uh, you know they kind of poke and prod to figure out where they can cut and where they can remove so um when i had mine they had warned me ahead of time they said hey you're gonna wake up you know we'll wake you up during this and you're gonna go through some tests so obviously they knocked me out cut my head open you know took the skull out or whatever and started the brain surgery and then throughout the surgery, they put my head in a brace and then actually uh, yeah, woke me back up. And, you know, you're kind of semi-groggy, obviously, because you're coming out of anesthesia and whatnot. But, I mean, I knew what was going on. And so they were showing me, if I remember correctly, it was uh, objects on a card, which is like a black picture, and asking uh-huh. me to identify them. And they're basically poking my, what I would equate to poking my brain with a stick, uh, you know, and having me do that to see if I would have a reaction to it. And again, I'm my understanding the intent of that was to make sure that you know if they poked part of my brain and all of a sudden i couldn't say what it was or i made a weird noise or something you know hey that's a part of the brain we probably should leave alone i get so grumpy when my wife makes me up from a nap i don't even know (laughs) you are getting woken up while you're having people poking you do you feel them poking your brain while you're while they're asking you those questions no because you don't actually have nerves on your brain itself so you don't feel anything uh but to your point i think the worst part of that was being woken up and then uh, having to realize that, oh, you're being put back to sleep. And by the way, we're going to continue cutting into you. You're not even done. Yeah. So most of the time when you wake up from a surgery, you're done. So they wake you up. They, they poke and prod and ask you all these questions. Then they put you back under and then you get woken up out of anesthesia a second time? Correct. Because they're checking basically. And again, this is this was 15 years ago. So there's a neurologist out there listening. I'm sorry if I'm not 100% accurate. But essentially, they're looking at where they can cut. So they're making their marks or, you know, making their diagram or whatnot. So that when they put me back out, that's when they're actually going to do the removal of the brain. Because I had a tumor, so they had to remove actual brain along with the tumor. Oh and they want to make sure when they're cutting into that and removing that, that they're not going to damage my brain, you know, my speech centers, my memory, my recognition. So what kind of recovery was this uh, on the other side of the surgery? Honestly, it took longer to recover from a root canal than it did that. Um, I was out of the hospital in 36 hours. This is dumb, but like to ask you. Um, but like, you know, sometimes I've had certain things done, and I, later on you start feeling like, oh, I feel great, and then all of a sudden, like the anesthesia wears off, and you start. Did your brain hurt after the fact, or? <laughs> uh, no, that's a very, or, uh, you know, very fair question. So initially, it wasn't that bad. Obviously, I woke up, I was kind of out of it, uh, and then to get back into it. Cause not only is the anesthesia wearing off, but you're missing part of your brain now. Uh, but I was able to talk and whatnot, and so I had to, um, they wouldn't let me go home until I was able to use the restroom on my own, which, by the way, they didn't tell me they was putting a catheter in me either, so Ooh. that was a fun surprise. Jeez, um, <laughs> man. Yeah, when I said, hey, I need to go to the bathroom, they said, okay, go, and I'm like, wait, what? And they said, no, you're fine to go, and I, you know, I did the, out of the movies where you look down, pull the dress up and look down, and oh. Um, well, that was the, uh, the recovery itself, I mean, I went home and was kind of fine. There was obviously... Uh, there was swelling and whatnot. Actually, about a week later was when it was probably the worst. That's when, you know, because your brain is essentially rewiring itself and learning what to do again. So there was a few instances there where I couldn't do things. Like, I just couldn't do something. Uh, I couldn't spell for a while. And then I went through these really crazy mood swings where 
there was one time where I was just pissed at everything. It Ooh. didn't matter what it was. It was bad. Um, and mind you, I was 17, so like one of my parents stayed home with me. There was another time where I was laughing at everything. Uh, probably like your buddy getting super stoned. Like no matter what you said, I was laughing. And I still remember my dad having fun with it because he was like, you know, he was just like cracking jokes whenever he could to make me laugh. And I was just dying. So it was a very interesting recovery process. Corey, this whole thing is crazy, but I think the craziest <laughs> part is that you thought that there's a neurologist listening to our show that would correct you with any of it. <laughs> All the neurologists are texting in right now. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, hey, uh, we didn't ask. You know, I, I hope you're okay with me. I said, uh, no, why did you have to have brain surgery in the first place? Yeah, so I had had, uh, they're kind of hard to describe, but I had what we now know is like kind of little mini micro seizures, which I would equate to kind of, you know, like where you spaced out and kind of snap back into it. And you're like, man, what just happened? Well, I would have those, but I couldn't snap back into it. And I'd actually went to the doctor about it. Uh, and they basically just kind of wrote it off as like, oh, it's part of puberty. It's hormones or whatnot. Mind you, I, this was not my first surgery. I went in there after I almost cut my thumb off. I had exploratory surgery. Like I didn't go there because I, you know, I had a boo-boo. But they kind of wrote it off. Well, I had a grand mal seizure in high school, oh which is, you know, where I actually, like, fully passed out. And my other epileptic people, I'm sorry, flopped like a fish type thing. Uh, and I got to call him out. Uh, my buddy Dave, who was there at the time, I don't think this kid graduated high school, but that kid saved my life because he knew that I was having a seizure while nobody else did. Wow. It was to get the food out of my mouth. So, Dave, you're listening. Thanks, man. Oh. That is terrifying. Yeah, it's a better chance so of Dave listening than your hours. If we're going by IQ, definitely, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> so how were they? Uh, yeah, so, oh, they ambulanced me, and, um, you know, I woke up. I'll tell you, like, the scariest part, honestly, of the whole thing probably was I passed out, obviously not knowing what was happening, and I woke up being strapped down to a gurney being loaded in the back of an ambulance. Jeez. So I had a few choice words for the, you know, the um, EMTs and medics. I had no idea what was going on. Uh, so that was definitely, I mean, that was pretty scary waking up and being strapped down and being wheeled into something. So then you go, you go in and they find that you have this tumor and you had to have the tumor removed. Yep. So they, uh, they did an MRI. The first doctor honestly was not very confident. Uh, I still remember sitting out with my parents and the guy, you know, he said, Hey, I have a tumor. And he goes, I'm a CNS, which is a, a, a neurosurgeon, but also a spine guy. He goes, I do mostly spine, but you know, I could, I, I've done a few brain surgeries not exactly what you want to hear. No. So, yeah, we'll give it a whirl. <laughs> yeah, I would give it the best shot. So thank God they uh, referred me up to uh, University of Washington, which is one of the top, I think with the time it was top 10 neurological hospitals in the country. And Dr. Cybergelt is up there is pretty world renowned. So uh, his confidence level was a lot different and just basically said, hey, just like your dad or mom goes and does their job or you go to school, my job is brain surgery. I can do this. So that and, was much more reassuring. And how have you been since the surgery? Everything's good? Yeah, I mean, good for the most part. Uh, sometimes it affected my short-term memory a little bit. Sometimes it's harder to remember things, and occasionally I'll forget somebody's name when I was really good. Used to be really good at that, but outside of that, man, totally fine. Like I'm grateful. And I know God. a few other people who have had them. I actually uh, another gentleman who lives in my neighborhood had surgery by the same guy. Uh, so we ended up figuring that out. It was kind of a small world, but uh, so it's kind of fun to talk to other people that they've been through. But you know, a lot of us are lucky that we did have access to such good medical care. And, Know, other than that crazy experience, not a lot of uh, effects, side effects. Do you guys call each other brain buddies? Yeah, uh, uh, brain, brain tumor yes. buddies. Very close. <laughs> yeah, brain tumor buddies. I, I actually have two of them that I know of that had uh, similar surgeries. Like I said, one gentleman in my literally lives in my neighborhood uh, from the same surgeon. Well, Corey, man, I'm, I'm glad you're doing good, and thanks for sharing that story. That's just bonkers. No, 
appreciate you guys having me. It's fun to tell it. First time on the radio, long time listener. So I appreciate being able to tell my story. And uh, thanks for what you guys do. It makes the three hour drives like this a lot more enjoyable. That means a lot, man. Thank you. Rock on, Corey. Oh, my gosh. 206-803-ROCK. I feel like my brain is itching just, like, hearing all this. The story was crazy, but watching you react to him telling the story <laughs> might have been my favorite part. My eyes were watering at one point. 206-803-ROCK. Did you ever need surgery for some sort of wild reason, Rockaholics? We want to hear your story, and we will take those calls after Nirvana. The Daily Mix Show. 99.9 KISW. I'm not sure anyone can compete with Corey from Buckley's story about his brain surgery experience, but if you ever needed surgery for an epic reason, we want to hear that story. 206-803-ROCK. We got a text message that said, I had to have dental surgery. I was dumb and young, which I feel like is the start to every great story. Mm-hmm. And my bud was a good high school baseball player. I told him I could duck quicker than his swing. We timed it wrong. I lost. I got my hand up, but I lost some teeth in the process. Ouch. Why would you think that's a good idea? That just sounds like it's going to end poorly. Like, Danny, you get a wood bat and swing it as hard as you can. I'm going to duck. I got this. Another person says, I once got a stone stuck up my nostril. I was just trying to see if I could fit it up there. And while I couldn't get it out, had to go had to go to the hospital to have it removed. Is that as a child or as an older person? <laughs> I'm picturing I hope, him in his 30s I hope you were a that. kid. Have you ever had to have something done? I did. I had knee surgery. I actually had two knee surgeries. The first one was to do the main repair. My kneecap would not stop dislocating. Okay. So you, I mean, you maybe have seen this in, you know, the world of sports or wrestling. That stuff gives me like the heebie-jeebies. Like whenever I see someone having to pop their kneecap yep. back in, I'm like, I'm, I'm good. So the first couple times it happened, I would go to the doctor and this started when I was like 12 or 13. The first few times I'd go to the doctor and they'd reset my kneecap, but then I watched them do it so many times I just started resetting it myself. I can understand that. If eventually, you're gonna hit a point I'm where you're like, gonna I'm, go I'm, in. I'm, "I'm sick of having to go." When I, I I've, I'm now as good of a doctor. I am as a you doctor are. now. Yeah. 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 So I, I I had one really bad final injury when I was about 21, and do you know what you were doing? Oh, yeah. yeah, I know exactly what I was doing. I was drinking wine. Okay. I was talking to my mom on my cell phone, mm-hmm. and I, I was just walking. I wasn't doing anything crazy. I was kind of pacing in a kitchen, and I turned, and when I turned, my knee blew out, and my mom on the other line hears glass breaking and me screaming, and then the phone went out. That's something that every mom wants right? to hear on the other end of, how far do they live from you? I, well, I was in Pullman at this time, oh, and my parents geez. are six hours away in Stanwood, so, and I called my sister because I'm, you know, she knows the history of my injuries. And I said, you got to come pick me up. This is not one I can reset myself. We got to go to the hospital. So she took me to the hospital and they reset it. And the doctor asked, how many times have you self-treated this injury? And I was like, more than 30? Really? Probably. And the doctor was like, well, you need surgery yesterday. So you got you got to go in and do it. So did you need surgery because you kept doing it and you were causing more and more damage to the knee? It just kept getting looser and looser and looser and looser. And so they had to do what's called a tibial osteotomy where they basically realign your kneecap. And I Googled tibial osteotomy and it translates to bone cutting. So I knew they were going to be cutting out my Aye. patellar, like where the patellar tendon attaches to your tibia on your lower leg. Right. And basically realigning it, screwing it down. That sounds like the biggest tongue twister ever that you're just saying. Oh, tibial, tibial osteotomy. <laughs> and uh, and it was a long surgery. Had to stay overnight. It, you know, I, I the recovery was awful. Lots of physical therapy. And then one day I ended up getting the um, uh, hardware taken back out of my knee because the hardware was starting to bother my knee. Hey. Yeah. 
That's awful. But you know what? I've never, knock on wood, I have not had a, a dislocation since then. Not even a subluxation. If, I don't even know the word you just said right there, but <laughs> if, if you ever did get another dislocation, would you dare try and relocate? Like, oh, I relocate don't Relocate so. it. That's not the right to reset it. I mean, since the knee's already been worked on, I, I don't know. Probably not. I'd probably just call in the, 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 the professionals. Yeah. Oy. Yeah, it was not a good time at all. We got a call. Oh, uh, we've got Dawn. Dawn in Hoodsport. Hi. What was your crazy surgery, Dawn? Um, when I was 16 years old, I was babysitting an eight-year-old, and he slammed a glass against a glass I was holding, and he severed my finger, and I had to have a tendon reattached. Oh, my gosh. But later, when he was 19 years old, he killed several people. <gasps> Excuse me? What? Yeah, I don't he mean to laugh. a serial killer. What? No. So do you think when yeah. he when he cut your finger, do you think that was intentional? Like the writing was on the wall? Oh, it was definitely intentional. Whoa. Oh, my yeah. God. Can I just ask, what? where was this? It, it was in Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha, wow. Nebraska. So, so obviously you probably lost touch with this kid after a while. And then you find out the news that this person became a serial killer. Where you're like, that's the same yeah, kid? Same kid. My mom was really good friends with his mom. That's why I babysat him. And now you have the scar to prove it. I do. My God. So they, they eventually caught him, I'd imagine. They, he actually confessed. Him and another kid killed like three girls, teenage girls in Nebraska in the 90s. And he confessed. And then when they put him in jail, he actually, after he confessed, he hung himself. Oh, my wow. God. And so the, the other guy got off. <sighs> that that is no longer. Yeah, I wasn't yeah, expecting no a call like this when we were talking about surgeries and all of a sudden it leads to somebody who was turned out to be a serial killer in your life. I Don, know. that that is nuts. Yeah, it was pretty it's a pretty good story. Okay, so question now. How was your hand? Um, well, I I was a teenager, so I didn't do physical therapy like yep. I was supposed to. So it's crooked and I don't have the strength in that one, but other than that it, it healed. Well, I'm happy to hear that, Don. Well, Don, oh, thank thanks, thanks for the story. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How would you like to beat Steve Rockaholics? I don't know where to go from that. I, wasn't thinking that. <laughs> I did not think that I was going to connect to that part of the story. Like, oh, and then he turned out to be a serial killer. Wow. Oh. And now we move on. We move on to beating Steve. And I want somebody to do it. Because it's been a minute. Yeah, good luck. It's been a minute. He's currently 14 and 5 in 2024, 206 803 Rock. We're going to play Beat Migs at 847. The Daily Migs Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 